He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome back to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. I am incredibly stoked, proud, excited, all of those positive adverbs, not about this Lakers team, but about the guy I'm talking to and what he means now to Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, Raj, you guys know him as Unwritten Rules on on Twitter. You know him as the guy who, no matter how bad the game is, tells everybody he's about to rewatch it, which... <laughs> Now that I am uh, a colleague of yours and somebody who is is looking out for your best interests, there are some games that I might not allow you to watch back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Raj, thank you very much for hopping on, uh, and and I'm really proud and, and happy to have you on this feed now moving forward. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate it. Um, it's an honor to be a part of the Lakers SBN family. Sorry for the you know quote tweets on the inter- introduction tweet, man. I'm <laughs> sorry to see all the all the people replying on there, but I'm happy to be here, man. Uh, great, great to be a part of this family and get it, get started here. No, I look. Harrison and I planned this out, and we knew that the quote tweets were going to be coming. And uh, no, it's it just says a lot about the work that you've put in uh, to get to this point. That that you are seen as like this Austin Reeves character and I apparently in uh, Avery Bradley in this equation. So <laughs> here we are. Um, I want to start though. So I want to start, you know, and talk a little bit about the show that you're going to be doing with Sabrina and sorry, Sabrina, that you weren't involved in this conversation, but, but uh, so the reason I, I really thought of you and Sabrina as a pairing was really because like Sabrina and I, uh, I'm sure, if you guys have listened to this, no, not always the most thrilled and not, not really too nervous to share our opinion about how, how not thrilled we are. Uh, and you are much more of the optimist. So <laughs> like, where does the optimism come from is, is going to be my first question. There's it, it, like your, your optimism for this team, the Lakers, this specific roster, all of that. Where's that, where, where, where are you getting that from? And, and is there any spare supply that maybe I can come by? Well, like I try to, when I try to explain to people the optimism, it's still realism in there, right? It's not yeah. like it's just. No, I'm not calling optimism. you a homer. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that. But like, I feel like we're all in this house together, and there's enough fire alarms being pulled, right? Like they hear it. There's enough <laughs> fire alarms being pulled. That void is filled. Like it, me, me continuing to scream that doesn't really add very yeah. much to the conversation. So uh-huh. I try to see the other side, but you still have to be realistic with it. Um. But like to me, we haven't even seen this team what it was supposed to be. That's where the yeah. optimism, I guess, comes from. LeBron and AD have still barely played any games these last two years combined. That's yeah. where the optimism really comes from. But that's where it stems, I guess, is that like there's enough void of uh, fire alarms and stuff being pulled there. Where like I can kind of still feel the other side. Where hey, look, man, let's think about this other way that it could go, and that's the only way. And obviously, there's that part of it where all the injuries came in, and you know, there's a lot of negative to this team what was this roster that was built in the offseason? All that stuff is a, is a part of it. But I, st- <laughs> yeah. but I still think, you know, this team is going to be carried by its superstars. And we haven't seen them play. And that's really yeah. where my optimism stems from. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, you know, I was kind of thinking about it before we hopped on here. And and Aaron and I talk about this pretty often on on the hook. And we always, the, the thing that we kind of come back to is like, yes, this is a Herculean ask that you're asking of, of AD and LeBron to like figure this out, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, try to try to, to lift everything around you up. And that's that's a lot to ask. But if you were going to ask that to any pair in the league, you know, this would be the one that you would most comfortably say, yeah, I think they could maybe figure it out. I don't think I don't think there is another pair in the NBA that I would I would ask to lift up as much as the Lakers are asking LeBron and AD. So at least to your point, that's that's a great starting point. That's at least something to lean on. Yeah, for sure. And Russell Westbrook adds maybe another amount of weight to that, however you want to look at it. You know what I mean? So he was supposed to take weight off, and it feels like he's adding some weight to it, and that's the X factor here, how Russell Westbrook fits in. That's the most important thing. Those three have, I think, 15 games together. I think it's like barely 200 minutes where 80 is at center in lineups that we can take any data from. So that's where, like, I guess the optimism is. Russell Westbrook really struggled this season, so we'll see how that goes when hopefully LeBron gets back here. But yeah, man, that's where the positive positivity comes from. I've LeBron and AD to go to the not to use the Celtics line, the Doc Rivers line, but you know LeBron and AD healthy have not lost a series together in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) To add even more optimism to that, but 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 yeah, I want to see the whole team kind of healthy here. Kendrick Nunn, who knows? I don't know what happened to him. Hopefully, he Uh gets back here soon. But that's where I guess you can look. Quoting Doc Rivers in your intro to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed is, um, you know, Raj, that's a that's choice. A decision. That's, that's a decision. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to lean on that optimism here because, okay. uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, you mentioned it feels like basically for the last season and a half, basically since the bubble, yeah. it has been a lot of like, well, just right coming out of the bubble and when AD started the season, he started the season kind of slow and you're saying, well, just wait till they get in shape. Just wait till AD is in shape and they have kind of recovered from the season that was, uh, you know, two seasons ago. And then from there it was like, well, you know, I forget who they lost first. Was it LeBron first? I think it was LeBron first, right? Or was it AD first? In the last season? Last season. I think it was yeah, AD. I think, well, they lost AD on Valentine's Day. And then they lost LeBron a couple, yeah, so, like a month yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they lose. So that so first AD kind of goes down, and yeah. um, you know, and and like I'm Harrison and I talked about this. I'm not going to hold that season against AD because asking what the NBA asked of the Lakers there was bullshit. <laughs> like it was just nobody was going to be able to handle that, as evidenced by all four of those teams in that in that semifinal yeah. and moving forward. Um, none of them have looked the same since. Uh, the, the heat are the closest and they basically tanked last season for a chance at looking normal this year. So, yeah. um, so, you know, it started with, well, just wait till AD is in shape. Then AD gets hurt and it's like, all right, we'll just wait till AD is healthy again. And we could see what the Lakers look like there. Then LeBron gets hurt and you're like, well, AD comes back. We'll just wait till LeBron gets back. We'll see how the Lakers look from there. And then AD kind of tweaks and, and and neither of them were ever were never really the same uh, for the remainder of that season. And then this year, it's a lot of the same stuff. Well, AD looks a little bulkier, looks a little slower. We'll just wait till you know he starts playing more center and DeAndre Jordan is out of the rotation, and yeah. just wait until the Lakers stop leaning on Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo stuff. Like I would like to get to a point over you know the remainder of this season at some point. Uh, or, you know, whenever it might be to where we get to stop saying, just wait, <laughs> like, like I, I would love to get to that point where we can actually start to analyze this, this team. And, you know, the kind of central question that I have to this show here is, you know, is that something that moving forward, 
the Lakers can continue to lean on? Is that something that the Lakers can continue to ask or expect fans to continue to wait for? Is, you know, basically LeBron's in year 19 and this is the second straight year that he'll have missed decent chunks of, of the season. And this time, like there is no, you know, last year you could look back at Solomon Hill diving and hitting his ankle this year he woke up apparently and this is something that i can speak directly to you reach a certain point in your life you just wake up and stuff hurts and (laughs) and and like that's basically you know now they're saying there was swelling involved first it was just a soreness where you just kind of Mm -hmm. say oh well that's weird but it makes some sense and now we're finding out that there was soreness involved with this which you know set off a couple more red flags to me so you know the central question that i have here is do you think do you think the Lakers, if they're putting together next year's roster or even here at the, the trade deadline, do you think they can continue to plan around a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD at the same time? Or do you think this is just the bed that they are in and they got to try to make the best of it? To me, this is the bed that they're in, right? And it sucks that this team has been so theoretical for so long. You listed all the, like, let's wait for this guy, this guy to come back. We forget last year, right? It was like, oh, let's wait and see when... AD comes back and plays with Marcus Soul. And then we got Andre yeah. Drummond, you know, at the at the at the trade deadline. And we're like, I all remember. right, let's see when <laughs> let's see. <laughs> let's see when, you know, AD LeBron play with Andre Drummond, this big guy who's supposed to be able to move. And, and that didn't work out. So we basically just got a few games. If you remember LeBron and AD came back, I don't think I don't think LeBron was ever healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Last year. LeBron probably came back too early. I don't even think he was himself in that Sun series. But yeah, man, like this roster, Anthony has flipped like three times already. Yeah. Like even when they won the title, it flipped. So I would bet on it again, flipping again. I think they're going to, if LeBron continues to show that he's at this level, LeBron's been at a like top five, you know, at least offensively mm-hmm. level this, whole, seri- this mm-hmm. whole season. Yeah. Anthony Davis started the season slow again, right? And he tried to pace himself through. The numbers were there, but I mean, if you watch the games, it just didn't feel like he was impacting the game at a level that he could. Yeah. He came back, he started playing well. We got one game of all three of them against Brooklyn. One game. Yeah. I missed that game, sadly. But they we got <laughs> we got one game of all three. Maybe back. you just stumbled uh, into the key. The Clippers fan has to, has to stop watching the Lakers. Yeah, I, know, I gotta stop watching live. Uh, but yeah, without KD, without Kyrie, but you know, whatever. They had James Harden who killed us on Christmas, and we were able to slow him down. And now again, LeBron's out. We'll see how long he's out. So Without LeBron, it's hard to judge whatever this team is. But I think this is the bed they laid in. I think like you have two max guys. AD's already uh, got his extension. I think LeBron extended for another few years. We'll see. I think whatever happens with Russell Westbrook this season, they're gonna have to keep him. I know you and others like to play with the Russell Westbrook trade <laughs> what? machine. Me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have that, you know, locked away somewhere. I do not touch that. You know, I let everyone else kind of, kind of. Uh, that's another fire alarm that you just walking another, right yeah, by. That, <laughs> that's already burning. Like, why do I need to touch that? You know. Um. So yeah, all these Russell Westbrook uh, machinations that people are creating. To me, he's gonna be on the team. Like, that's, yeah. Like, there's just no yeah. trade out there. <laughs> to me that that's gonna happen so it's russ lebron ad we saw russ get benched in one game i don't see that happening in a playoff series yet but so those three are going to be on the floor how we can kind of put situations and and be successful in that way is what this team's going to be i think that's the bed that they've made you have three max slots bunch of minimum guys our mle guy has not touched the floor so i think that's the bed they're laying in right now to your point, honestly, this Lakers roster, at least the rotation, has already flipped this season, right? Like, uh, yeah, the Lakers started this season. It was DeAndre Jordan starting, and Rondo was getting minutes. Rondo's in Cleveland now. Uh, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan has been banished to, you know, over the above the wall. Him and Bazemore are just, 
you know, north of the wall right now. And, and, you know, it, it's something that they had to do. And, and it's something that like, you know, I understand why when you're talking about four reasons to reason, like if you're looking specifically, and, and by the way, like I want everybody to know, I'm also looking for reasons to be optimistic. <laughs> I don't watch this team saying like, man, I hope they don't turn sure. it around. Um, I, I, if you're looking for reasons, you could point to like, yeah, the, the Lakers are plus, I think like 14 or 15, uh, when Russ LeBron and AD play and Deandre Jordan is not involved or like Dwight Howard isn't involved. Um, so essentially when it, when AD is at the five, mm-hmm. this is just absolutely shocking to everybody who has watched the Lakers that that would be the case. It's just, you know, absolutely mind blowing <laughs> that, that that is how that would play out statistically. Uh, and yeah, like, I, I think, I think I, I agree with you that if, if you're trying to build a team and you have LeBron on it and you aren't trying to build it and optimize that team for LeBron, then you may as well not have LeBron on the team. It's not like you're going to be able to have like role player LeBron. That's not, that's not how that's going to play out. That was honestly my critique of the Russ acquisition was that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Russ helps you optimize LeBron. He, he, Russ, I think theoretically helps you optimize AD. And that's why I'm really kind of interested to see what they look like as we get a little bit more time with Russ and AD and those things. Um, but, but I don't think Russ helps you optimize LeBron because even if you tried to like, I don't even know what it would look like. I don't know. Like theoretically speaking, if you're trying to have a team make up for times that LeBron is out, I think the only way you could really go about it is having a lead guard who can shoot and defend as well as, uh, you know, as, as well as, operate off of the ball with LeBron um, and do all the things that help carry the, like at that point you're talking about Steph. (laughs) So like, yes, if you could go out and get Steph, then sure. Like that's how you optimize a roster if, and when LeBron misses some time. And so I, 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 you know, if you're, if we're asking, Hey, should the Lakers start planning for absences with LeBron? Yeah, sure, but that's not really possible at this stage. I don't know what that would yeah. even look like. Do you have any other theories on what that would even look like? How that would, how those pieces would fit? Yeah, I wouldn't, because like I think other people have talked about this too. When you have LeBron on your team, your offense kind of runs through him anyway. Yeah. It just is. I mean, we've had a lot of adjustments already, Anthony. Like it's crazy to me how quickly we move Russ off the ball. Like how quickly that happened in season. Yeah. Like we were running a lot of actions for Russ, a lot of high ball screens. That's all gone away. It's pretty mm-hmm. much running it through Malik Monk. Even Avery Bradley, sadly, is starting, you know, to get more ball ha- <laughs> kind of <laughs> getting ball handling duties and stuff. But we've kind of, especially late game, Russ doesn't get the ball. He's put in like the dunker spot. He's put in like weak side while LeBron runs actions with Malik Monk, Anthony Davis. Like he chooses what happens. And it's interesting. Like Russell Westbrook's not an off the off the ball player. Like he just no. hasn't been in his career. I think, you know, the theory and the process behind going to get Russ was maybe like 2018 Russ, you know, this super mm-hmm. freak athlete who gets rebounds and cra- crushes the boards and transition and can attack the basket. But that's just not who he is anymore. I mean, he just yeah. started. It was four years ago. Num- yeah. And uh, the crazy thing about Russ, so he never developed like that floater game. He never developed, you know, the mid range game. So that just hurts when you lose athleticism. I was looking at his numbers the other day. So last five games, he is starting to finish better. So he's shooting 77% at the rim. But it's mm-hmm. still thirty percent in the paint, so like that's a, that just makes yeah. it really tough as you're <laughs> as a guy who's gonna have the ball in his hands. So that's why he's moved more off the ball. 
we give him, you know, second side actions. It's mostly like Malik Monk and other guys running running stuff. So it's interesting how they kind of built the team. Again, I expect the team to flip, you know, over the summer again. But yeah, if LeBron's on your team and he's still producing at this level, LeBron's become more of a screener too, right? He's become more of an mm-hmm. like off the ball player, but still the ball's gonna be his be in his hands when uh decision decision times are to be made. So I don't know. I I don't think you can start thinking about, you know, times without LeBron. I don't want to get to that point yet. I think LeBron is too good. He's shown that he can still be the best player in a seven game series. And I think that's the most, that's how I kind of define a superstar. Can he, yeah. can he be the best player in four straight series? Right. And LeBron still can. And I think LeBron can, and AD can still be the second best player in four straight series and, and win you that. So, and Russell Westbrook has to fit in around that and we'll see if he can. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that you made the point of like the Lakers trying to use LeBron as a screener. I've always thought that like, if you're trying to lighten his load, that's how you would do it is you have yeah. him screen and you have him going downhill against a shorthanded defense because there's two defenders back there trying to deal with mm-hmm. that ball screen. I've always thought like, if you are actually trying to make basketball a little easier for this guy, that's how you would do it. It's just a matter of like how open to screening LeBron would mm-hmm. be. And it turns out, He's really effing good at that too. It's it's crazy. Shocker. <laughs> it's wild how this guy uh, just you know just adapts and figures things out on the fly, and and I like honestly, and this is the the bummer here with LeBron going down right after that Brooklyn game, is I would like to see Russ with LeBron as the screener because you can't. LeBron's so big that if somebody tries to go underneath the screen as they will with Russ, LeBron can just do a traditional role like a lot of times what you see nowadays with the role anyway is instead of like as you're taught as the player goes off of your shoulder you know in coming up in like grade school you're taught all right flip over and rotate to the ball with your shoulder square to the guy and almost like slide to the basket whereas in the nba a lot of times they go off of that screen and there's like a half of a second where the screener is like blind to the ball and it creates mm-hmm. more of a pocket so that you can get that pocket pass in there that you don't really have if you if you pivot. But I actually think if if Russ is handling the ball and you have somebody going under the screen, I would actually prefer LeBron actually do like the traditional pivot type of screen and pin down that defender that just went underneath him and create that much room for him. And LeBron is big enough to where he could do that and it not be like a clear offensive foul. Sometimes like you would see JaVale try to do that. And he's like clearly <laughs> holding on, you know, to, to yeah. whoever is behind him or whatever. But I, but I think LeBron is strong enough uh, in his court to be able to do that. So I, I was really looking forward to, all right, LeBron is healthy. AD looked f- like that game against Philly was unbelievable. Like you're saying, all right, we're finally out of like the if only we're finally after and then and then shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, uh, the other question I have here, just from like a basketball standpoint, you mentioned like the Lakers moving Russ off ball and that that isn't really, so it sounded almost to me like that isn't how you would prefer, like how would you prefer they use Russ if LeBron and AD are both on the court? Do you, do you want the ball in his hands? Do you want it in his hands just really quickly so that you can get the ball to LeBron in a short roll? Do you want, you know, maybe like I, I, I've always thought Russ is best when he has like a two dribble cap. Like, how would you, how would yeah. you prefer to use Russ? 
Yeah, so it's interesting because, like, there's a dynamic of, like, oh, people bring up the contract, how much he makes, right? And, you know, you yeah. don't want that that's kind of— That's a different of, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to put that player in, like, role player status. But that's basically where I want, like, Russ attacking from. I want him attacking in already compromised defense, right? Yeah. Especially in transition. I think he still can attack in transition, especially if the finishing is real, if it's getting better as it is. He still likes mismatches where he can get— to the basket and overpower dudes. It's just when teams, so what teams have been doing, so Russ will start on like a guard against a guard. He'll get to the basket. He'll score. But then a team like Sacramento did, they, they'll switch Harrison Barnes on him, right? And so they'll put Harrison Barnes, and that's a guy that Russ can't go through and attack. Mm-hmm. The issue is that there's no LeBron on the floor or not no AD on the floor, one or the other. So it's basically he feels like he has to shoulder more of an offensive load, so he'll attack in that way. I think, you know, when the team is optimized, it'll be LeBron with the ball, Russ will be either all the way in the corner or he'll be in the dunker spot. And then Russ and, and then AD and LeBron can run a two-man action. And then Russ can attack off of that. And that mm-hmm. really brings his skill sets to the forefront, right? Because he's still a good offensive rebounder. Like, he can still do that. He can still yeah. crash the glass. He's a good cutter he atta- when he wants yeah, to be. He- like, he's he, he has <laughs> decent instincts at it. He just sometimes just, like, doesn't do it. Yeah, so he's a good cutter as well. Like, he can, he can cut to the basket off of LeBron. LeBron's found him in that way. And you brought up the Russ-LeBron screen and roll. I would kind of like that inverted a little bit because what teams will yeah. do, especially with the shooting we have on the floor, because, you know, Vogel's going to play Avery Bradley, um, it seems like, till, <laughs> till forever. Yeah. Avery Bradley's been shooting well. Teams just don't respect they you just know, don't his care. shooting. Yeah, so they don't care. And plus, he needs to be, like, wide open to shoot, similar to Stanley Johnson, and we have enough of those players on the floor. There's yeah. no space. And so, like, teams will mostly switch that action. So any Russ-LeBron action, people will switch it. But I would like to see a Russ screening for LeBron and again, this is the reps issue I have because, again, when you're playing the better teams like Golden State, Phoenix, they're already going into it with a head start, right? They've had their core back, so we haven't had the reps. But that's something that I thought, at least I thought from the beginning of the season, and again, we've only got like 16 games where the team has been healthy, but where AD is a spacer, really, and AD can cut. You have Russ as a screener, and then you have Russ in the short roll there where he can either attack a four-on-three or mm-hmm. he can get to the rim, right? And that, to me, is a better place to put Russell Westbrook. Yep. I think we've already, like I said, Frank Vogel, the whole team, they've already moved Russ away from, like, let's give him the ball at the top of the key and run, like, a high ball screen. Like, that's pretty much gone if you watch. So yep. he's getting more screens in transition, and, and that's kind of how I think Russ would be optimized. Um, it's not great. It's not why you trade, you know, three players and whatever uh, you did for yeah. Russell Westbrook, but – that's where we are, and I think that's the best way to optimize them. Yeah, if you look at it through the prism of, like, you have to get a return for the trade that they got there, and, like, that's the reason you're making any kind of decision. You're you're you're, you're playing poker on tilt. Like, you're just—that's what—I <laughs> think there was, a, there was Mike the Mouth something or whatever who was, like, famous for always going on tilt in these big uh, uh, poker tournaments back when I was growing up, and it was— like poker was on TV everywhere that you looked. And it just feels like if you're if you're saying, hey, they made this trade for this guy. He's a superstar. He's a super max contract guy. You have to play him in a certain role because of that. Then like then you're doing the other team a favor. You're you're really right. you're really helping him out there. And and yeah, I I also like the idea of like, all right, A D and Russ, one of you guys are gonna be in a dunker spot, right? Mm-hmm. One of you set a screen for the other guy to go and set a screen for LeBron at the top of the key. And you get some kind of motion there. You're going to wind up standing there in the, in the dunker spot anyway. So you may as well get a little pre motion motion or whatever. Just, I just watched like this, this was the the game against the Hawks too, where the, the late game offense basically just devolves into 
all right, who looks like they have a mismatch and all of the mismatches yeah. are defined by who is guarded by somebody smaller than them. And it's like, that's not, that was cool in like 1994. Like that was, <laughs> that was fine in 1994, but here in 2022, you got to do a little bit more to that. Um, I want to, I want to really quickly, uh, hit on like the kind of show that you're looking to do with Sabrina. Obviously to this point, Sabrina and I were recording the quote unquote, I love basketball podcast, but, um, you know, as, as we wrote on the site today, as whoever put that article together, it was clearly a lie. Cause I, I do not love basketball, <laughs> um, a lot of these nights. And so like, you know, you're going up against, this is, this is kind of, uh, um, you know, a, a, a nightly mismatch one way or the other, where some nights Sabrina's going to have the upper hand because the Lakers just did something dumb, or there are going to be some nights where you have the upper hand because the <laughs> Lakers finally are starting to prove, like, this is what we've been waiting for. So in this show that you're going to be doing with Sabrina, uh, you know, are, are, what, what kind of angles are you looking to bring to the table there? Yeah, man, I'm just trying to be open. Sabrina's, you know, one of the goats uh, of uh, not just Lakers Twitter, but uh, all kind of NBA writing. For She's SI too damn smart, that. man. Yeah, like, too damn smart, man. I, yeah. I feel like I'm going to be, you know, the, what's it called? I'm not. A She's a literal player. Jeopardy contestant. Like, she, like <laughs> Right, yeah. Just <laughs> I'm going in there, you know, just try to talk basketball, and she's going <laughs> to probably destroy me in a lot of those yeah. conversations. But, yeah, just try to be open, you know, talk basketball in the best way I can, give a insight to my insight to the best that I could. Now, I'm still yeah. just a fan at heart, too. Like, I think uh, most people are. And, you know, I just I love the game, love basketball, love the Lakers. Obviously, that's what the rewatches are. They're painful sometimes, but, you know, they're still – they're still enjoyable too, in a sense. And uh, that's what I live and breathe this stuff. And I'm excited to talk, you know, with someone who also I feel like lives and breathe this stuff and is super smart with it. I'm not as smart, you know, and <laughs> I'm going to try to do the best I can to kind of explain myself in my way. But yeah, I'm really excited to work with Sabrina for sure. Just don't, don't, you know, don't be afraid to have Google up next to you. So like if she uses a certain word, you're, you're just ready to go oh, to need- figure it out on the fly. I need you a lot of any- NBA comps. Yeah, I hope that Sabrina's <laughs> ready for like. A, I need like a bunch of NBA comps. Like there's. <laughs> that, that is that is that is part of the brand. All right, that is. Uh, let's wrap up. Let's wrap here with uh, you know as as uh, those of you who listen to the show regularly know, um, because of that stupid Euro stumble that Harrison got on camera and just refuses to let die, I have to go out of my way to create enough counter content. So that, you know, other, I'm bringing other people down to my level is, is essentially <laughs> the attempt. It's impossible, but I'm, I'm going to still try. But do you have an embarrassing sports moment that, that you look back on and, and however long ago it was, you'll just always remember it because of, of, of the pain? Not literal yeah, pain I mean, in some cases. I mean, but, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone can match, you know, the, the Euro stumble. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but uh, like, you know, so I started playing basketball late um, and uh, I played for my high school team two years. Um, it was a smaller school, but, you know, so I, I played basketball as a kid and then I didn't touch it for at all. And then I went and played my freshman year. And to me, like I knew nothing. I didn't know what a screen was. I thought a screen was like, I didn't know what I thought a screen was like a green screen. You know, I had no clue yeah. what it was, but you know, the coach, you know, put me in, I think it was like a homecoming game or something. So everyone was there. I'm like oh, running no. around and I, I think I'm playing well. And the coach comes and he like pulls me over. Everyone can watch. And he does like the calm down sign like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought I was playing well, you know? And so, like, everyone gave me crap for that for a little while. But, like, I got in front of everybody. I'm like, you could just whisper that to me. But instead, he did the actual, like, calm down, putting his hands downside. And I'm like, man, I thought I was, I thought I was playing well. But I, I, guess, I, I guess I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't playing that well, I guess. 
it's that's that's when it really hurts too because everybody in the stands knows exactly like if they're yeah. watching you like in that moment they know exactly what he's telling you like hey man oh yeah. just take a deep breath like <laughs> i didn't even think i was that nervous but i guess that's what i look like you know so i, so I guess like well, what was the like, like did you did you like stop running like how do you because yeah, so like, i've always hated that like that advice from a coach's perspective like calm down play slower and you're like yeah okay but like how how much slower what am i supposed to do here <laughs> yeah it actually obviously didn't know what i was doing wrong really i was flying around because it was homecoming you know you're excited yeah. you're running around and but yeah i thought i was being productively uh, but i i guess i was productively running around but obviously not so he did the huge like calm down and like everyone can see it so i'm like oh okay <laughs> so i got some shit for that yeah that's a dick move whoever that coach is if you're listening man do better at least no, be ready to like <laughs> at least be able to tell the guy like what exactly it is that you want that person to do to calm down yeah. to slow down like yeah. am i am i dribbling it off my foot because i'm trying to do too much like whatever it is but but like just the straight and then also the hand gesture is just unnecessary it's just unnecessary <laughs> no he was a great coach though i appreciate it right. i appreciated it all right. Well, that's going to do it here for this uh, episode of uh, the Anthony Irwin show. Uh, again, so Raj's first show with Sabrina is going to be on Wednesday. If you're listening to this right now, you have a little bit of time left to get a five-star question in for uh, tomorrow being Tuesdays or today, if you guys are listening right now on a Tuesday for the spaces uh, to, that I would start that conversation with and then throw to the rest of everybody else who's going to be in that space. Uh, so, and then we'll turn that into a pod that will air sometime tomorrow afternoon. Um, and then, yeah, this is the squad from here on out. This is, this is where we're finishing the season with, uh, this was our deadline acquisition, uh, no pressure Raj, but we're trying to go out there and win a championship. And I'm looking at you as the, as the difference here. So it's, it's no pressure, but this is all on you. It's like poor Austin Reeves. People are like, we need this undrafted free agent rookie to start on a playoff team. Good luck, man. <laughs> But he does. <laughs> he does need to start. That's the, he that's should. the sad he part. Should. Yeah. He should, but but it, it must be terrifying for him. All right. Uh, that's going to do it, though. Check out Raj on Wednesday. Check uh, out Spaces maybe in a few hours by the time you guys are listening to this. Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.